0: It is another episode of High Hopes as we start out 2018, the first episode of 2018. I'm your host, James Seltzer. With me, the man, the myth, the legend, also the new nighttime producer at WIP for the Joe Giglio Show, Mr. Jack Fritz. Jack, moving up in the world, buddy.
1: Well, moving up, but still a producer. And I'm off pro- <laughs> so am I, so that's, <laughs> fair. that's fair. Producer of that. And still technically the producer of this,
0: I guess? Yeah, I we'll, we have to
1: pass it by Marks. Marks, yeah. everything has to be cleared by Marks, but I'm <laughs> but I am
0: still the suweto producer slash third Mike sometimes? Yeah, we can go. It's pseudo, suedo, whatever you want to say. Yeah, I don't know which one it is. It's pseudo. We'll go is pseudo. It? Yeah. But, but spelled you're, you're like Yeah, it's spelled suedo, but actually is sudo How about that? Look at that. A little grammar lesson to start the show off. <laughs> As uh, now you are definitely uh, uh, more than a producer, less than a host. How about that? Also, getting eight hours of sleep now. Look at that! Yeah, uh, no joke. I've never seen Jack Fritz as bouncy as he is today. He came in just bouncing off the wall. He's like, I actually got sleep last night. All right. I think the real reason Jack was bouncy is because he knew we were talking the Phillies today. Uh, (laughs) A lot to get into Uh, coming up. We'll get into a little bit of an outfield preview as we continue our preview slash. Reviews of the uh, the off season heading into 2018, and uh, first though, let's let's start off, Jack, with kind of the most recent news. The last pod we did, ending 2017, got into some of the moves the Phillies have made already. The Los Santana move, the trading of Freddie. You Galles. love calling him Los, of course. Uh, it's, <laughs> how could <laughs> you not? He's Los. Anyway, Los Santana. All right. Los Santana. I love it. And uh, and then of course the Galvis trade and the uh, the the moves in the bullpen. get into a uh, a former. Potential star that didn't happen that the Phillies brought in for a second shot a little bit later, like a but first, shot. yeah, right, or fifth or seventh or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but let's start out with, uh, and we'll get into uh, a few trade hypothetical potential scenarios in a minute. But uh, I guess the the biggest news of the day not a ton of Phillies news out right now, but ESPN coming out and saying that. The Phillies, the leader in the clubhouse, to go out and sign Alex Cobb. First and foremost, they would lose a third round pick. We've talked a little bit about that.
1: Because they gave up a second and fifth for Carlos Santana.
0: Exactly. And I mean you you know, you assume Cobb probably in the neighborhood of, you know, twelve to fifteen million a year, I would guess, in terms of the contract, somewhere in that range. It feels like
1: four years sixty.
0: Something like that. Yeah, I think twelve million. I think that's exactly right. A, how do you feel about that type of number if it is? And B, what do you think about Cobb in general as an addition to this stuff?
1: Uh, I think Cobb helps a lot. I, I like Alex Cobb a lot. I loved him a couple of years ago when he was on the Rays. The problem is is I don't trust his arm. Yeah. And I think as he gets older, I think he's only going to age very well at all. He, he's the guy that relies a lot on his curveball, uh, and it's a great curveball, mm-hmm. also a great changeup as well. Pitching-wise, love everything about Alex Cobb. But the injury stuff combined with the money, uh, combined with the draft pick, I think is something that's interesting, and I was actually just out with John, and we were talking about this a little bit. The reason why I'm kind of intrigued at the possibility of giving up a draft pick for another pitcher, another player, another high priced free agent is because I think it would it would force the Phillies to uh, to actually spend over slot dollars in the first round pick. I agree. The last three years they've gone under slot first round pick and then they've gone over slot second round pick trying to get a steal that has fallen into the second round. And I wonder if they sign a guy like Cobb don't have a second and third round pick that they would go over slot in the first round and get an actually good impact player. I think they drafted good players within the the recent drafts. But like with Moniak, they could have got Nick Sensel.
0: Yeah, or Jason Groom. I, I think that was kind of what happened there. You know, I think a lot of people thought they should have taken Groom or AJ Puck or one of those guys. Those right. guys cost more to sign. It's a great point, Jack, and it's one of those things that. You don't think about a lot when you're looking at the draft and, and who they should take and stuff, but it is a real factor. It's the weirdest League, thing ever? It's the weirdest thing. Ever. And it's, it's the way Major League Baseball is. I mean, you see it all the time, but it's kind of how the Astros have been you know, taking right. advantage of the draft for years. The last, you know, doing that and looking at second round picks, third round picks, paying over slot. I think that's a really interesting point that if they don't have those picks, they might allot that money in the first round. I, I'm, I'm totally down giving up a third round pick for Alex Cobb. I'm with you on the arm as well. The, the fact that he, that he throws a lot of curveballs is what worries you. Coming off the Tommy John surgery, came back about halfway through last year. Looked solid, you know. Looked kind of what you would expect from a Tommy John returnee. You know, the control a little off, but the the velocity, all that back. I think with you know the extra time, the extra offseason to get back to where he was. I, I feel good about Cobb kind of returning to that guy he was before, but. Like you said, he had injury issues prior to the Tommy John. He's never been someone who's going to go out, or who has yet, going out and giving you 200 innings in a year and you feel good about it. So I think that's a real worry, especially with the the money it would cost, having said that. It's not that that much money. They have some money to spend. (laughs) They can afford it. And I do think that if they look into him and the medicals and all that and they feel good about it, I think Alex Cobb, healthy, is absolutely worth that money. I
1: think that too, but I
0: I think I'd rather
1: have Lance Lynn.
0: Really? If I oh, did, see, I'd rather have Cobb. I just think there's more upside there.
1: I think I, I think Lance Lynn will be. I know he's not, hasn't been the most durable guy, but I, I think he's built durably. He, he looks durable. definitely built durably. Yeah. it's the beard that throws me off. it's, ah, it's the it's big got a, beard. It's a,
0: it's a strong beard though. But he,
1: I think his mechanics. I think his mechanics age well. I think they're easy.
0: Simple. I think you're right about that. I think
1: they're simple mechanics. Very simple. I, they're not. Uh, he doesn't rely on a curveball like we talk about with Cobb. So I would almost rather allot the money to Lance Lynn. Uh, because then you feel Alex...
0: better about his ability to to, to maintain I mean, these guys,
1: like, here's the thing. The Phillies aren't going to compete next year. They might make a wild card, maybe.
0: Yeah, we've talked about this. I think they could hover around 500, maybe win a few extra and, and compete for that spot. But I agree with you. I don't think they're going into the season saying, hey, there's a playoff year. Yeah, and, and but you need to
1: have arms ready for two years from now, three years from now, when they're actually competing for the top. So, like, I like Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn, and I'm all... It's like it's tough because I want them to go all in and try to win this year. But in the end, like that's just that's just me being a fan. Got to take a step back for a second and be like, hey, this is not the the goal is not to win next year. The goal is to win three years from now, basically. And I don't think if you're having a 33 year old Alex Cobb or a 33 year old Lance Leonard, I don't know their ages off the top of my head. And you're paying them year. The they're last not r- that
0: old. But you mean by that? By time, that point, yeah. by
1: that point, it's just like, what are they going to be at that point? I don't know what they're. They're not going to be the same guys they are now, and they'll probably won't age very well. So I don't. I think it's more of a if they were if it was two years or three years from now, no problem doing these kind of deals. It's just right now it feels a bit rushed.
0: Yeah, I feel you on that. I do. Uh, look, I think with a guy like Cobb, I think you're you're playing on that upside. You're hoping, and he is a little younger. I think he's in his late 20s, off the top of my head. You know, 27, 28, somewhere in that range, maybe slightly older than that. But I know what you're saying. I, I do think that the upside of Cobb, he doesn't have a ton of miles on him. You know, career wise, because well, he's been hurt. Because <laughs> right, but I mean, in, in general, you know, still not a ton of miles. He's been hurt on and off. But um, I, look, I think that you know you can't just go into the season with Aaron Nola. They're going to have to sign people. They, yeah, they, they you know, they're going to have to do something. They don't have guys in house. To be able to fill out a pitching staff, or at least a, a major league capable pitching staff, like I would rather
1: give four years eighty to Arrieta if it gets to that point, or three years eighty to Arrieta, hmm. spend the extra more. See,
0: I don't know if it would. I, Arrieta's been durable, obviously, but he, I mean he's definitely older than those two guys, and certainly we've seen the the you know beginnings of that kind of. You know, wear and tear, and and you know, catching up with him a little bit. He's had struggles or, or yeah. times of struggle because of that, and also has pitched a lot of innings the last yeah, couple years. So of that years. worries me. I do know what you mean, though, in a sense of if you're talking about same years and extra twenty million to make a deal happen. I think Arietta's probably worth an extra twenty million to those guys. I think Arietta gets more money than that, though. Ultimately,
1: yeah. I mean, I would be surprised if he signs for anything less than a hundred million. Because uh, I, I, I would think a win now team would take a chance. Yeah, like a team like the Yankees, Cubs, bring him back. Absolutely. Uh, they get, even the Astros, like, yeah. just take a shot. If if, if you're going to lose Keuchel next year, which it seems like they might, why not bring in Arietta and put and put. Verlander, him at the top of yeah, the rotation.
0: No, it makes a ton of sense. I'm with you. I think Arietta is certainly a possibility. I think any free agent pitcher is a possibility for this Phillies team right except now. Darvish. And obviously moving into the future. Yes, except Darvish. I don't You're think... Right. I don't think he, I, they're not going to put the money that it will take to get Darvish. I don't think Darvish wants to play here that much to begin with either, so I don't think it's a perfect match. But regardless, for the most part, I think from Arietta down, I think I could see them making a move on anybody... But I do think the Cobb Lynn range of guys is where you will see, and they will sign one of those type of guys, no matter what. Is my call
1: for the like? Do you think they're going to sign one of those guys some point this off season? This off season, I'm talking about. Interesting.
0: I think so. Look, I, again, you go back to the fact that it's Aaron Nolan who starting your season well, out.
1: It, well, I, was, I think I think the more likely outcome is trade for a guy.
0: That well, that, let's get into that because that is the other possibility, and I do think. See, that's the thing is I think that that. My, I'm approaching it from the standpoint of there are two pitchers, at least, out there who are not on the Phillies right now who will be a part of this starting rotation by the time the season starts. So I could see them both signing a Cobber and still going out and making a deal. Let's talk about some of these deals. We got into it a little bit last time, kind of ranking the control with starters. If you want to check that out, it's on the High Hopes podcast feed. We talked about Chris Archer. We talked about... Marcus Stroman, Michael Fulmer, and Garrett Cole especially, and kind of what it might take to get those guys, how we would rank them. Ultimately, we both came down with it going Archer, Fulmer, Stroman, Cole for us based on the pitchers themselves, the contracts, all that type of stuff, age. I think we both still feel that way. Let's talk about what it would take to get those guys. And then we're going to loop Christian Yelich in the conversation as well, which is also obviously a trade hypothetical that's been on the table since last season. But let's start with these four pitchers. What do you think hypothetically it takes to go get, let's say, an Archer or Fulmer who would probably cost the most of that group?
1: I just, I, I can't, I don't think it's going to cost six though. I don't think it's going to cost six. No, it could be six. Though, and like a lower level prospect If you want to go that way, I don't think they want to go that way. I don't,
0: I, I, I'm with you. I, I think, think that they are. If I if I had to bet my life on it, I would bet my life that six is not getting traded.
1: Me too. And I think that I think they'd much rather put together a package of the young pitchers that they have right now. I, I the Colombs, m- the,
0: those types of guys.
1: I'm good with moving Colomb. Me if, too. I think yeah. like like <laughs> my <laughs> eyes are on the Medina Suarez, sure Jojo Romero
0: Medina. Yeah, Romero. Those are real pieces. I mean, they so, are. Yeah.
1: They are definitely. I mean Medina's Medina's up to fourth in their prospect. Wow, in their, in their he's process. up that high already. Like wow. He's, he's he's really underrated And and the thing wise. with
0: Medina is he's he's uh, you know, I think a little bit more projectable. The thing with Sixto is he's just better and he's just you <laughs> yeah, know whoa. the ups the ceiling for six is through the roof, whereas I think Medina has eye ceiling, but I think Medina is a more sure, more of a sure thing. So I think there's something in that too. I
1: feel so confident in this Phillies. Uh, a scouting department now to where that even if they moved on from moved some of these guys I just feel like they've gotten so good at scouting the, the Dominican the yeah. Latin American countries which
0: was key of course it was key we talked about it the moment they put that institution there we're like yes <laughs> do it Matt
1: Yeah, and I just think I think, they, I think they've gotten so good at that that even if they moved on from from that one of those young pitchers, I think there's an influx of talent coming in from the Dominican and from the Latin American countries that they'd be able to fill that hole. So I would, I would, like people are so covenant to not move these guys. Really, I'm pretty good with moving anyone but six though, and and King. Like, I don't, want to move any of the almost major league ready guys and six though. And yeah, that's, that's about where I'm at.
0: I, I feel the same way, and I, I would be more willing to listen. I mean, look, if it's a deal for Manny Machado and he's signing a contract, you can have Scott Kingery, that type of thing, or yeah, whatever, yeah. but but I'm with you for these types of deals. Uh, look, if if it's uh, Kingery and some other you know lower-level prospects to make a Chris Archer deal happen, I'm probably going to pull the trigger on that, ultimately, but I understand why people wouldn't, and uh, like you said, I ultimately don't think it will cost that much. I think that guys like Medina... And Suarez and Romero plus a Moniac or a Hazley or someone like that can get a deal done for one of these guys. I think that's the direction you're looking. I think that the organization itself is kind of of the same mind as you. I think they believe in their ability to scout the Dominican. We've seen kind of the results already. And I think, that your point is is fair. You know my issue, and, and I'm all in on Sixto. I was not as quickly all in as you were. <laughs> Because 18 years old pitching prospect, I've seen it happen a billion times when it just doesn't work out. But the thing is, Sixto, I mean, there's too much evidence, too much, you know, all you need to do is watch the kid and be like, all right, I, I get it. But that same thought process applies to my my willingness to trade the other guys, if you know what I mean.
1: First off, uh no one's quicker to talk themselves into players than me. So <laughs> of course I was <laughs> of course I was all over 6 Um no, I, I like if I'm looking at we might as well throw Yelich into this thing as well because I mean he seems like a guy that they've been targeting for years so so Yelich and one of the controllable starters um, like if you're if you're going to trade for Christian Yelich you're gonna to have to put an either Hazel or Moniak into that deal. Well, because, a million percent. Because like I mean, it, it, you, the, their peak is supposedly going to be Christian Yelich. Plus, if you have a surplus, it's supposedly,
0: hopefully, Christian Yelich is the boy. At least with Moniak, yeah, you, you're like hope, he, hope he's Christian Yelich. And again, Yelich is what 22 years old. I mean, he's a kid still, 23 Wait, max. Yellich? Yeah, he's young. 23. 25. Is he that old? I, all right. Well, either way, degree. he's young. He's young, and also under contract for for a while. A good contract with that team. I thought he was younger. He might be 25 now that you're saying it. That sounds right. Regardless, he's a younger player. The point is you're not trading a prospect. 26. 26.
1: When did he get old?
0: That's what I'm saying. When did Chris Archer get old?
1: 29? I think there's 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 a conspiracy theory. Time's
0: happening way too fast. Chris Archer is not 20. Yeah, Yelich was that was obviously too young for Yelich, but uh I didn't think he was 26. I would 20, 23 24 sounded right. Regardless, under contract, uh, a good contract, team-friendly contract. And a ton of upside there. He's already proven to be a really good major league baseball player. And, and is he better than Abdul Herrera? Yeah, I think he's better. Than Look, he's be- I think he, if nothing else, his ceiling is higher at the age that he's at. He hasn't hit his you know kind of twenty seven year old peak physical athletic you yeah. know time yet. But I do think that you make a good point there in the sense that. And I know you and I don't as much as as a lot of people, but I think in this city we vastly underrate the baseball player that Odubel Herrera is. Of course, he, he is a a terrific baseball player. And when you look at the contract, it's like he's got to get him for six and a half million dollars. I mean, it is he has one of the that's one of the best contracts in baseball, and no one ever talks about it because of the bat flips and all and all that.
1: And people hey, think he's a bad defender. Uh, it's dude, crazy to dude, me. Dude, Odubel Herrera is a better defender at his position than Freddie Galvis.
0: Of course he is. I I actually, I would lean that way, too. I think they're they're comparable. All the advanced metrics back it up. He's a great, great outfielder. A terrific outfielder. He does everything you want from a player. And the contract is insane. It is. And listen,
1: like... He doesn't. get to balls because he like they're so inconceivable that anyone can get to the ball. So people think like, oh wait, well, is not that good a range. No, his range is so insane that like it makes it look like wow, why didn't he catch that ball? It's because
0: he wasn't supposed to be near the ball. Yeah, no, I'm with you, and and uh, vastly underrated there. So here's the question though, because it does kind of you know make you step back and think if they do do a Yellich trade, you almost think Herrera would almost have to be part of it, right? I mean, are you gonna have an outfield where two? Two-thirds of your outfield you're going to get 15 homers from? I mean, that's tough to do these days. 20 homers? I mean, Yelich isn't a power guy. Herrera, not a power guy. Not that you have to have power guys well, out Hoskins there. Well, Hoskins is going to be outfield now. Obviously. Well, Hoskins would be. If you had an outfield of Yelich and right, Odebole in center, and Hoskins in left, you're still deficient from a power perspective, even with Hoskins there, comparatively. Sure, but like... So it's good are, enough hitters; it doesn't matter. But
1: are the Red Sox power have no, a power really outfield? Not. So I think like like it could be comparable to Betts. Uh, I Bennett think in total Endi production, and, and, it
0: probably could. I mean, each of those guys like a twenty homer guy. Homers yeah. also
1: don't like you can get homers from anywhere. I mean, Freddie, oh, Freddie Galvis at twenty homers sure. a few years ago. So like I think that's a a little bit overrated. I, and I I just think if I I just generally think we overrate like like who the player Nick Williams is like from like and people are, like afraid to to move on like. Christian Yelich would be an instant upgrade. And he'd be here for a long time. Oh, it's no question. He'd be here for. He'd be here for at least the next. He's, he's just entering into his prime, so I, like he would obviously upgrade this outfield and make us better next year, and would help us as we build towards a championship roster. And I don't think, like, I just don't see Nick Williams ever being as good as as Christian Yelich or Aaron, Aaron Altair. I like Aaron Altair, mm-hmm. but it, I guess the, the I guess the question more is like, do you really need another outfielder?
0: Well, I mean, I think that's been the question, right? That was the question with, with moving Hoskins out there to begin I know, with. I know. You know? And
1: especially when you have Moniac and Hazley coming up, I think they would. Like I think they would have to, one of them would have to be in the deal regardless.
0: Absolutely, I think if you make a deal like that, it's not just one of them, but you got to have either Williams or Altair in it, or maybe both. I mean, like you probably don't give up both in that deal. You know, one's going. The point is, maybe one's in a deal for a pitcher, one's in a deal for they Yelich, could strip something this whole like thing down. down.
1: They could strip it down and get Yelich and one of the controllable star.
0: Absolutely, they could. They have the assets. That's the point. They have a top six farm system plus major league ready assets. That if you're going this route, especially once you've already stuck Hoskins in the left field for the next three years which is happening, you kind of got some room to maneuver with those guys and, and too many guys. So I certainly think moves are coming. It's just a question of which ones. Let's look at it. from the If you had to choose one or the other, I, and I, I could absolutely see the making both happen, they do have the assets to make both happen, and I think they'd be interested in making both happen. Ooh, look at this. Right. Johnny Mark's walking in in the middle of a break. Like there, buddy. And I don't even
2: know what you're talking about, yeah. but I'm sure it's involving the Phillies. It
0: is. We're talking Eagles, but that's fine. No, we're not talking. To I was going to say uh, Yelich or a control over starter. If you had to choose, the Phillies can either trade for Christian Yelich or they can trade for a Chris Archer or a you know Michael Fulmer, Garrett Cole, Marcus Stroman type guy. What do you want?
2: I'll try to give you a a longer answer than the question, just to kind of even it out. But it's a very simple and short answer, which is hell no. I don't. Want, I don't want Yelich. I don't want. Wow. Him. They have they, their prospects in the minors are outfielders. Yelich is a good player. Is he really that good? I'd rather have a controllable starter. I would rather have a I don't even think it's, it's close It's more important, and this is really not just I'd rather have the starter. It's an indictment. I don't want Yelich. So for everybody that wants to go out there and make trades, probably Jack whoever else, <laughs> I don't want him. So I didn't want Mike Stanton.
0: I don't want Yelich. And uh, I hope they don't do it. Thank you for calling Mike Stanton Mike Stanton because I do that too. I I can't get on the Giancarlo bandwagon. I just can't do it. Giancarlo! Giancarlo. I just like the
1: three more hours of radio, and your your voice is hoarse.
0: Yeah. It's going to be a long day. I have three
2: hours and 20 more minutes of radio. My my voice was shot before I came in here. (laughs) So it's always, uh, how's your voice today? It's feeling better, but now I have to talk for four hours. So good at the end of the. uh, And
0: yet he still took the time to use some of that voice to come in here. And the
2: last time I was on the podcast. It was snowing and I was in the car via oh, yes. Skype. Good point. So it's snowing today. Right, let's, it's what
0: we do. It snows. You're on the pot I love it.
2: All right. Well, I'm going to do one next week, so uh, I, I I have a lot to say about the Phillies. So well, can't wait
0: for that. Right, go back so. to you.
2: talking about a war or <laughs> what were you talking about right when I came in? Yelich. Yelich yeah, you? Yelich. Right.
0: You you and Jack on opposite sides of this one. All
2: right. There. Here you go, Jack. <laughs>
0: All right. Have a good show, All Johnny. Right. That's good stuff right um, there. And that voice is, is going to be hurting for the next yeah. few hours. That is a tough spot.
1: Another question for you. Yes. Are you good? Which should you rather see? Rather see go get Yelich and then sign a Cobb or just go get
0: Archer? That's a great hypothetical, because I do think that, that and, and we both disagree with Marks, we would both take Christian Yelich very happily. I think yeah. he's a great baseball player, and I would be very happy to have him what's here. A, what's his thing against war? I don't know. I, I don't get it. Like, war is, look, <laughs> look, war is not a perfect stat. There's no question about it. It's but not at the
1: FIP. FIP is a perfect
0: stat. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, there's uh, Come up with something better. Like, If you want to rip war, give me a better way to judge a a player's full value. Find a better way for me, and I'll use it. But right now, there's no better way out there than WAR to, to really gain a full representation of what a baseball player is. You can't just look at batting stats. That's all we've ever had, right? I mean, you have to incorporate all the other stuff um, outside of his eight for WAR. His eight for Yelich more surprising? Not a Yelich fan there, and I get the the concept of too many outfielders and all that. But um, you know, I think he is right in the concept that it's clearly a controllable starter over Yelich, just because that is what this team needs. Significantly more. But to, I think that's a really interesting point. If they can still get a guy like Cobb and go get Yelich, or just the controller's controllable starter, I think it depends for me. If you're telling me it's Garrett Cole, I think I'd take Cobb sure. and Yelich. But if it's one of the other three, especially if it's Fulmer or Archer... The years I'm going to have those guys, I'm going to take those guys.
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you.
0: Yeah, and it's a great question. And again, I think there's a really good chance that they sign Cobb and they go out and make a trade for a controllable starter, and they could still do that. Like Again, this team, I think that Clentag is willing to make moves if moves are there to be made and if it's the right move to make. It could happen,
1: and there's whispers that Middleton's getting a little bit tired of the waiting thing. So maybe they just jumpstart this whole thing. Wow, already jumpstart. I mean, I mean, he's a guy who went into the clubhouse after 09 and said, "I want to get my effing trophy back," yeah. as we all know. And it's this year will be ten years since the championship Good team. Point. That's ten years. That's the ultimate. That's the ultimate sports radio. Would you take the one and then have ten years of mediocrity yes, after, it is, right? Or would you take the chance at a multiple? And we're in the we're now in the decade of mediocrity. Yeah, obviously, on a decade. I think what like six years of mediocrity,
0: seven years of mediocrity. Yeah, because obviously went to the World Series in 09 in the playoffs until '11. So you it's, know it's what a slow death look We're right? heading on our our this next season will be the beginning of the seventh potential season without you know what? without the play fi- of baseball. The
1: Phillies right now are Andy Dufresne in in Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. They are right in the middle of the... The, the pile of, of
0: you-know-what in the water. and Yeah, gotcha. They're on their way out. The uh, excrement, let's yeah. say. yeah, That's the, a good word.
1: For they're it. on their way out. We're very close to getting Andy Dufresne throughout. And maybe Andy starts sprinting here, and we bring in Yelich and Archer, and then com, com, uh, compete for a wild card next year. I don't know. I wouldn't rule it out. I really wouldn't.
0: I, I wouldn't either. Again, I think they're motivated. I think that... Clentac has shown a propensity to be able to make deals when needed, and and to to find partners to make deals, and and also to have a, a pretty good feel for for what he has to work with. And look, the, again, they're stacked in terms of assets. This team has the assets to really do whatever they want to do in terms of if the moves are out there to be made. Like you can't trade for Manny Machado if he's not getting traded. But of the deals that are out there to make, the Phillies really could you know conceivably be involved in any one of them. They have the, the capital to do it. They have the money to do it. And they have
1: Cesar. And I think Cesar is being underrated in a lot of trade trade evaluations because I think he, being as good All as right, he that's is... That's
0: a good question. Real quick, before we get out of here, and, and real quick, we also give a shout-out to uh, seventh-timer, new Philly signing. But that's in a second. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. real quick, I think that's a the, a fun kind of hypothetical there you're, you're kind of hitting on with the concept of... Cesar, we've talked about Altair, we've talked about Herrera, we've talked about... Williams. Williams. Of these guys, of the guys who, and let's say for now there are four outfield starters penciled in, you know, Hoskins plus the other three guys. Of those outfielders, Cesar, whoever's on the team, all those guys, who is the least likely, in your opinion, to be a Philly opening day 2018?
1: I would say... Please, God, Nick Williams.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree. I, I think Williams is like, if I, look, but look, what, what does Nick Williams bring you? I, his
1: projections next year are here's 288 the with a 325 OVP. Yeah, no,
0: here's the thing. I didn't like Nick Williams as a prospect that much. No. Uh, but, but, I were impressed with him in his half a season than I expected to be. He was, so better, was, than, he was better than I expected him to be. He, but was, he also, was all right. He, he all,
1: also started trending back towards absolutely. the player he was. Which
0: is always going to happen. You know, these guys come up, Pitchers get a book on him. It happens every time. Like, that's what we saw with Hoskins. Hoskins, you know, owned baseball for a month and a half, and then he tailed off a little bit. It's going to happen. Ebbs and flows. It's the sport. But... Uh, I, don't think,
1: I think he still has some... Basically, my reasoning is that I think he still has some value, and I don't like I I personally think Altair is better than him, Uh, but I don't think Altair has the same kind of market value that Nick Williams does.
0: I think you're absolutely right about that, because look, Williams... I mean, Altair... Coming off a really nice season, but still has the the couple seasons of struggles before and the injury and all that type of stuff. Whereas Williams is a former, you know, not top prospect, but a legitimate prospect who came up and handled himself very well in a half a season of Major League Ball. That's the type of guys that, that if they like the guy to begin with, teams are going to be that much more willing to go out and make a move for. So I'm with you. I think it's Williams as well, but I think Cesar's close. I think there's a real, very, very legitimate chance that Cesar is not on this team come 2018.
1: And they trade Cesar, and then they they won't bring up Kingery until at least May 5th because no. of the, the Chris Bryant thing. And then you're looking at uh, Jesmel Valentin yeah, as it, second base. Just, and, yeah,
0: they'll, they'll find a way to get by uh, the super 2 day year absolutely. They'll, they could always sign a Howie Kendrick type guy. like Someone like that, like they did honestly, last offseason. Someone to just fill the space.
1: I would rather fill the space. Me too. I, I would rather move. Get what you can. I think Cesar's value is at its peak right now and if you can move him now with how cheap his contract is it'll, it opens the door for Kingery who I think ultimately is going to be a better player uh, I'm, I'm good with moving Cesar I think, I, think, I hope I hope they move him by the end of the year not that I don't like Cesar it's just right no, now is like the him. right time
0: uh, Yeah. Look, like you said if you're looking at this team and looking into the future not just this season but moving forward Cesar very unlikely a part of that with the position he plays right. and the guys that they have and all that alright quickly before we get out of here your favorite your guy you still believe in new, new philly will middlebrooks jack
1: no but <laughs> no but there was a time in 2012 when he came up and I was all like, the time for he all was like this. oh my god i loved will middlebrooks i and owned
0: him I, in fantasy way too many times and then every
1: single time after that when he was terrible and his name and pop up i'd be like oh will middlebrooks Yep. like he still got it he had that one year where he was really good and he was an awesome prospect Uh, And I saw some people online yesterday, like, is he going to compete with Franco for the third base position? No. Will Middlebrooks stinks. Will Middlebrooks might not make the team. He had a 111 batting average. Probably won't make the team. (laughs) Two years ago, he had a 111 batting average with a 213 OBP. Like, the guy is crazy. Garbage.
0: That makes Freddie Galvis look like a good hitter. Wow. It all makes, right. that's it, it makes, how
1: bad that. It is. makes Freddie Galvis look like Ted Williams.
0: Yeah, it's it's insane. So uh, don't get too excited about Will Middlebrooks. No. But but shout, I mean, shout out to Will Middlebrooks. Of course,
1: I've talked myself into.
0: it. Yeah, you will. You're gonna you're gonna be all on. Oh there. You're gonna God. have a Middlebrooks
1: jersey by the start of the season. That's a lock. He should take. <laughs> he should take Hoskins' number. Honestly, he should be seventeen.
0: Oh, I love <laughs> it. Uh, so. Uh, What's your prediction? We got uh, Marks is going to come with an episode next week. We'll be doing more pretty much one to two a week, depending on timing and stuff. Uh, before we are back on again, is there any major Phillies moves, or do you think this is more of a slow burn over the next month or so?
1: I just think that they're waiting. Everyone's waiting for the Arietta signing and Darvish signing. So if, if that happens, if, if they sign somewhere, I think something could happen very fast. I think the Phillies would move on. I agree. So, listen, as soon as that happens, I expect to pick up. Until that happens, I don't know.
0: It's they're, they're waiting for those dominoes to set the market. We saw it last time. year with Edwin. We've talked about this with Evan and Garnassio and waited, 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 sets the market and all those other hitters. I mean, there were power guys who didn't even have jobs by the start of the season the because it, it totally just, yeah, yonder, it totally changed the, 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 you know, the market, so I, I do think you're right. I think it's, and Darvis signing first, but I also
1: I also don't know if that's the smartest idea because then the teams that missed
0: out on those guys are probably going to enter in the yard share market. It's a good and point. It could drive the price. It's a good higher. point. Go make it. Go make the deal if you got the deal right to make. Either way, we will be back. Marks next week. Me and Fritz as well, and uh we will track the moves and obviously if, if moves happen we'll be here because we're ready for emergency pods at all times. All times. Literally all times. We yeah.
1: kicked, kicked Barcher out of the studio for this We one.
0: literally did so we gotta go because he's gotta record with Brandon LeGout, and check that out too because PGN Radio awesome as well so uh, for John Marks who came in for a second for Jack Fritz killing it uh, shout out to the new nighttime producer at WIP. Uh, I am James Seltzer thank you for listening to another edition of the High Hopes Podcast.